Blog Talk Radio. Fear does not exist in this dojo. No, that's it! Hey, does not exist in this dojo. everybody for listening live. If you want to give us a call, feel free to do so, 929-477-1077. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Majority MMA. And to check us out on Facebook, The Majority Decision. And if you don't already know, this show airs every Friday and Sunday live right here on Blog Talk Radio. Subscribe to the podcast so you can listen to it every time we put a new show. On. Of course, we missed last Sunday, but we're back and better than ever, and hopefully technical difficulty free. Fayaz, how's it going? Man, it's going good. Happy to be back on. Haven't uh, feel like I feel like we've been gone forever. Feels like, it, it, I mean, it feels like it's been a long time. Yeah, you know when we miss a show. For whatever reason, whether it's for whatever reason, it always seems like uh, it's been forever since since we do you know since we've done the last show. And in this case, it wasn't since last Friday. And last Friday was marred with um, Blog Talk Radio's wonderful um, technical issues, which they do have right. from time to time. <clears throat> but um, we fought through it, and we're back. And um, let's uh, let's get right into some of the topics at hand. Let's hit some um, some random MMA news. Um, we're going to talk a little WrestleMania a little bit later. We're going to talk Sunday night's UFC Fight Night 86, trying to get a special guest to help us talk a little WrestleMania. So we might wait and see if he's able to get on with us and talk that. But um, a couple of fights uh, that came to fruition this past week. One is that at UFC 200, Misha Tate is going to be defending the belt against Amanda Nunes. And um, that's an interesting fight. I think that was probably probably the right choice um, if you weren't going to go Holly home immediate rematch. What do you think about that choice to go that direction as opposed to the uh, Holly Holm rematch, or making Misha wait for Ronda Rousey, who at this point, who knows if she's going to come back? Right. I think uh, I think that's a great choice, man. I think I think Amanda Nunez is the way to go. If you're not going to do an immediate Holly Holm rematch, you got to go with Amanda Nunez, man. She's uh, 
she's on a tear right now and she's winning fights. I, I think she is going to be great opposition. And, you know, hopefully it changes hands again. Maybe Amanda Nunez will win. Yeah, it'll be, man, I tell you what, if she can pull that win off, well, I tell you, that'll really open up things women's bantamweight division. I think uh, I think it would be very nice to see that belt tossed around a little bit after having it being just completely dominated by Ronda Rousey for the first couple of years. So it's, it'll definitely give it a new feel and hopefully bring bring some more eyes to that to that division, add a little interest. Because I know sometimes when you have a long-term champion, it, the same story, I guess, kind of gets old every once in a while. Yeah, no, definitely. You, you know, I just Amanda Nunez. I believe she's a shot in the world. I'm happy that uh, she's getting a chance. I want to see her win. So, not that I don't like Misha. I mean, I like Misha Tate. Everything she went through to get that belt, but uh, I just, I think, uh, I think Amanda Nunez is just a little more diverse when it comes to, uh, you know, attacking on the ground. Also, uh, stand-up, too. I think she's just going to be a little bit more diverse, and I think she's going to hit really hard. Um, you know, in the case of Holly Holm, she's a great striker, but, you know, that was her game, right? She wasn't really strong on the ground, and the man isn't going to care if you take her down. So I think this one's going to be a little bit more challenging. Yeah, it's an interesting matchup. I look forward to it. Uh, it'll be on a big stage. Uh, there will be a lot of eyes on that fight, so um, it'll be a great opportunity for both of those ladies to to really expand their brand and show a lot of eyes what they're all about. Another good fight in that same bantamweight division is uh, looks like they're going to do Catlin Gano and Juliana Pena. Another great matchup. Another great matchup between two top five uh, women's bantamweights. Um, looking forward to that one as well. Any of the crews and favorite No, I, I haven't seen any of that, but I know that they're always on top of their game when it comes to trash talk back and forth. I found some crews that when there's trash talk involved, it's uh, everybody else. Yeah, the way Dominic Cruz kind of goes about his trash talk is always, you know, it seems like he comes across like he tries to outsmart you, right? I mean, he is. His trash talk isn't the isn't, – it's not necessarily brash or, um, you know, Nick Diaz style or, or Nate Diaz style or Conor McGregor style. He does talk trash, and he kind of comes at you with almost like a condescending type of a tone, which really kind of, uh, I think, rubs people the wrong way. And it's definitely rubbed um, Uriah Faber the wrong way for sure. And um, – but at the end of the day, I just don't know that this fight, you know, Faber's a great fighter. Um, you can't take anything away from him. 
former WEC champion. I like the dynamic between those two guys. Um, but uh, Dominic Cruz, when he's healthy and he's on top of his game, he is a very, very tough guy to beat. I think, you know, you know, Cruz is a year and all right? Um, Dominic Cruz is 100% healthy. With no, even though, he has, uh, you know, he has, I mean, he doesn't believe in ring rust, but, I mean, it's my in a little off and I'm going to have man, so people, is that the only thing what he can do, you know, coming off of, you know, having a great fight with Sean uh, Lee. So Sunday night, it's going to be, UFC Fight Night 86. I think that's going to be a very interesting card. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of interesting fights. Of course, they're coming to us from Croatia, and so the, right. the, the show's going to be on Sunday uh, during the day. So yeah. you won't have to stay up late. I won't. I won't get to complain about them lining up six car six fights at 9 o'clock at night, which is good for me. So let me ask you, but, since it's going to be during the day, are they still going to replay it at night like they usually do, like when the fight's in Brazil or if the fight's in England or something like that? Typically they'll play it during the day when it's going on, and then they'll replay it at nighttime. Are they going to replay it at nighttime? Uh, you know, I have to double-check and look at the listings. I know, I know for sure that they're going to show it live. Um, during the day. Um, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they did that. They typically do that. Um, and, and I know in some cases even they don't air it, you know, like if it's like in, in some of the places, London or whatnot, it might air, you know, if they were to run it live, it would be at some crazy morning hour over here. So they don't run it live. They just run like a replay. But I think yeah. probably in this sense, That's what I'm saying. it yeah. can be ran live. It wouldn't surprise me if they do only live. Okay. I'd have to catch that one during the day. So I wonder what the difference is. Because I want to make sure that, I, of course, I see that fight so that uh, I can talk about it and, you know, see if you up to the book. Yeah, the main event of this card is a, is very is a very interesting one. You got Ben Rothwell versus Junior Dos Santos. Dos Santos is a former heavyweight champion, still trying to work his way back up uh, to title contention or to get another title shot. And ben Rothwell has just absolutely defied all odds, and and he 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 just continues to win. I mean, what else can you say? You, you can try to critique him or or say what you like, but the guy just continues to win. And, wow, I mean, I, I, think, don't know. I think How do you like his chance? I think he should, I think he should have got at the title shot before Stipe. Either that or him and Stipe should have fought. I think Ben Rothwell has probably got a few more notable wins. Um, I think he could beat Junior Dos Santos. I, you know, I don't have any doubt about that. I think he could beat Dos Santos, but uh, I think he should he should have already been in contention for that belt. 
I agree with that um, 100%. I think I think Rothwell should have got the title. So I think he's going on four or five win, wins in a row. And in, in that heavyweight division where everybody's so dangerous, um, right. I just can't imagine. If you win that many fights in a row in that division, you deserve a title shot. No question about it. Absolutely. No question about it. It's, you got not, right now you have nothing but interest in the heavyweight division. Everybody's an athlete. Everybody's good. I mean, Ken Velasquez, right, his next fight is going to be Travis Brown, I believe. And Travis Brown is, I think he's ranking, um, is definitely a force to be reckoned with. And, you know, to give Kane, you know, the number seven guy, you know, I guess that's good. Last. Having a little bit of trouble with the connection here. I don't know if it's uh, on Fayez's end or mine when it comes to the telephone connection. But anyway, as it is, yeah, this is a great, a great matchup, great fight lined up. Um, without question, whoever wins that fight between Dos, Dos, uh, Dos Santos and Rothwell should absolutely get a title shot. And um, it's a shame that Ben Rothwell is almost kind of put in a position to where he has to has to get a win over someone like a junior Dos Santos. It's like Fayaz was saying, this guy's won several fights in a row. He, he deserves the shot. And, and he should be in. Uh, we want to jump topics real quick, and I want to bring on um, our, our guest for this evening. Um, he is the host of Heatwave Sports Radio uh, on Fox Sports Radio, 13 a.m. in Las Vegas. That show airs every Saturday and Sunday at 10 p.m. Pacific. Um, the man I'm talking about is a guy who's allowed me to come on his show multiple times over the years and talk all kinds of MMA nonsense. So I'm glad to have him. Tim Unglesby, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on, man. How you doing? Guys, I'm doing great. I appreciate the, the uh, opportunity to come on your show now. Yeah, absolutely. It's cool to be able to return the favor. Tim, you've been broadcasting. You've been a professional broadcaster <laughs> for, what is it, about eight years now? Uh, I've had my own show for eight years. I've been, I've, I've been on uh, radio now ten years, yeah, so... Decade. Wow, very nice. Well, man, we certainly appreciate you uh, coming on the show. Um, we want to talk a little bit of WrestleMania. I know this is an MMA show, so our MMA fans might be rolling their eyes right now as we speak. But uh, the three of us uh, have something in common, and that was that we were all there live um, for last Sunday's WrestleMania in Dallas, Texas, where they put in 101 thousand people into Cowboys Stadium. Um, Tim, what was your overall experience? Uh, you made the trip from Vegas. Uh, was the show worth the trip? The Well, let me break it down for you a couple different ways. I, I think just being in the atmosphere, I've gone to many sporting events just like you guys have, and, and I'd say the most that I've ever been in a stadium with would be right around 45,000, pushing 50. 
So to just double it right there automatically puts you in a different environment whatsoever. And just walking into Jerry Jones Stadium, uh, just the app, the, the way it felt, the the uh, just the aura around the whole thing, what it was. It's supposed to be the biggest event in the world of professional wrestling, and that's absolutely what the WWE has done now for many, many years now. They've made it a spectacle, and that's exactly what it was, Greg. Unbelievable uh, experience. Uh, totally glad I took the four days off to do it. Dallas is a wonderful city, um, and, and it was worth all of that. If you want to get into the meat and potatoes of the show, you know we can talk about that because I, I don't give it a 10 based on just the experience. I do feel there were some flaws there in the booking. Let me ask Faz the same question, because, Faz, this was your first WrestleMania. Uh, is that correct, or did you go to one back in the day? No, no, no. This was my first one. This was actually my first WWE show. I used to always go to the Monday Nitros, and this was my first WWE show, and I got to go with my daughter and take her, who is a hardcore wrestling fan, and she was absolutely elated. The atmosphere... I mean, it just—I mean, it just sunk right into her, and she, she enjoyed it. She couldn't believe it, and uh, it was amazing. And it was amazing for me to experience that with her. So, under 1,000 people, they saw it. I think at one, I looked around, and I don't think I saw what I could see an empty seat in the house. Well, there was actually one empty seat. There was an empty seat right next to me and Kayla, so I thought that was kind of funny, but. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it, it was a it was a crazy crazy night. And Tim, let let let's get right into it, man. I mean, I, I said it. and I was thinking this for weeks leading up into it. There's no way that they can end the show with 101,000 people booing Roman Reigns. And man, that's exactly what they did. What'd you think about the finish of that final? final show, man. They didn't send us home happy, man. WWE's trying to send people home happy. It didn't happen Sunday night. Is that to me, Greg? Yes, sorry, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I I was perfectly happy with it. I thought it was a year too late, to tell you the truth. And, um, look, we're, we're all smart guys. We, we know how the business works, and we sit there and understand what the WWE wants to do with their business model. But we also have to understand in today's day and age that their 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 money coming in, their revenue is based on what the fans want to see. So it's a real fine line that you walk. You don't want to upset too many people. So I think they've kind of embraced that over the last 18 months. I don't know if you guys have noticed that as well. But they're smart about it. Roman Reigns is is right now the face of the company, and they're 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 playing that almost a tweener role where he's not necessarily a good guy, but he's not necessarily the bad guy. He's like he said on uh, the television shows this week. He's his own guy. He's the guy. He's the champ. So I like what they're doing with this, and I think if they start maybe if they're rotating heel and face opponents, that maybe he can establish himself this way. But I'm perfectly happy with it. I thought it was a great way to end the show, regardless of all the people booing. That really upset me a little bit. But, you know, the guy's put in his work. I think he's due. And uh, I don't believe that his first title run a few months back was – was enough to, to really tell if he could carry the ball. He's gonna, this, you know, he's gonna have to get a good run here, guys. This is the way we're gonna know. Let him have the belt and see what happens. Well, you know, one of the things that a lot of people say about Roman is, well, you know, he's not quote unquote over. 
you know, because he's getting booed and, and everybody just hasn't been very accepting of him. But the reality is that the guy is open. I mean, he wouldn't be getting the reaction that he gets one way or the other if he wasn't. And he sells merchandise. And it was funny because I took both my sons to Monday Night Raw the next night, and my youngest son, Liam, who's a huge Roman Reigns fan, um, he, he was a little confused as to why everybody was booing Roman. You know, I had to I had to kind of explain it to him. But um, yeah, I don't I don't blame Roman Reigns for how he's being um, received by the fans. I blame the WWE. They've got to come up with something better for this guy. Um, he's got the goods. He's got the look. But um, you know, he, he's got to. They've got to put him in a position where the fans are going to like him, and they just haven't done that yet. What's the alternative on that, guys? If if they turn him heel, turn him bad guy, and then all the fans are going to start cheering him, it's it's almost that they want to play this game with, with the upper management and, and dictating who they want to see because it's always going to be the person that they don't want supposedly, quote-unquote, forced down their throats. But like you said, he's – he doesn't have to be the next John Cena. There's only going to ever be one John Cena. So make him Roman Reigns. If he's selling merchandise, the kids love him. And I think the perfect example was from, from all the reports I saw coming out of Tuesday when they did the, the SmackDown taping in Houston was that it was relatively a lot of, of uh, cheer. You know, there, there were a lot of face reaction for him because it's a smaller show, and it's almost like the smart marks go to the the, the Raws, whereas wrestling fans go to the the smackdowns and they're more trained into what's supposed to be good versus bad. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Let's let's talk a little bit about the Hell in a Cell match. That was the second big big fight of the night and that was between the Undertaker and Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon uh basically just comes back after a long extensive absence from the WWE. He's positioned against the Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell and of course, we all knew it was coming. And we, we, well, I won't say that I knew what was coming, but I knew that some big crazy bump, he was going to jump off of something. He ended up jumping off the top of the cage, going through a table. <laughs> um, what, what was your reaction to seeing that, Fayaz? Did you, um, did you expect him to do it, to actually go through with a large bump like that? Man, as soon as I saw him look up, I knew he was going to do it. I knew he was going to do it. I said, he's going to climb. The-. I looked at the guy next to me who I didn't even know, right? And even my daughter's tag- pulling, tugging on my arm. She's like, he's going to climb the cage. And he climbed up to the top, and everybody's out there videoing. And I said, nah, I'm going to watch this live. I'm going to watch this man jump off the top of that and go through that table live. And I didn't watch it through a video. I, w- I-, I had to see a person do that live, and he went through that, and it was it was uh, it was the most exhilarating thing I've seen in a long time <laughs> on a live spectacle. But can I just say this? Undertaker, for being 52 or 51 years old, always looks like he's going to have a heart attack every time he gets in the ring. I think it's time for that guy to uh, to give it up because you know I saw Sting get inducted right the night before, and Sting looks really good for 58. Undertaker, not so good. Being uh, you know what seven eight years younger. 
Undertaker's one of those high mileage guys. Tim, what do you think, man? Do you think uh, you think it's time for the Taker to hang it up, or do you think we'll see him in Florida next year? I think he's probably three years past hanging up. He <laughs> probably shouldn't be around right now. Uh, can I can I be that guy though when we're talking about this match? First of all, let, Shane McMahon has to take the Vince McMahon uh, lingo. He has grapefruits. There's no doubt about that. That was sickening right. to watch that. Um, and the guy that I went with, my friend, he he loved that match. He thought it was the best match of the night. I wasn't I wasn't too impressed with the match itself. I mean, it was it was almost like with the with the hell in the cell, the cage there, and, and then the, the the high spot at the end made it what it was. But the actual match itself was was kind of boring. And I thought that really it looked like two guys in there just shouldn't have been, not not athlete like types to wrestle. It just looked like it was what it right. was supposed to be. Right. I kind of agree with you. you know the had he not did what he did I think I don't think it, I think that's what made that match is the fact that he climbed up there and jumped like he did I I uh, I, I would have to kind of agree with you on that one Yeah I, I think if you take that part out of it and even if you take take the cage out of it which they they used a little bit it, at the end of the day it's a it's a 52 year old guy going against a 46-year-old guy, and there's just not much there to work with. But even with that being said, you know, the spectacle of it and Shane with his kids and The Undertaker with his 30-minute entrance and, you know, I think the build to the match could have been better. Um, I think the build to the entire WrestleMania could have been better, to to be honest. I mean, I think, you know, it, it just seemed like, and this, you know, Tim, I want to get your thoughts on this. It seems to me like more and more with the WWE, they've got a team of 20 to 30 writers or however many guys that they have. And you're telling me that between all of these guys, this is they can't come up with some kind of a build for their biggest event of the year that was better than what we got? Come on. Give me a break. I, th- I think because they, they just know WrestleMania is WrestleMania and it's going gonna, it's gonna to do what it does. My, my problem with you're, you guys are right exactly on, on this. It, it was a match that was kind of thrown together because I believe initially they wanted coming into this was Sting Sting and Taker was the the first choice. And then I believe once Sting was injured in that match with Seth Rollins that they wanted to put Cena in that spot. And then, of course, he got injured. So it was almost like Shane McMahon was uh, to spring him out, dust him off, and put him out there. And <laughs> the reaction it got was, was great. And that, that that's where I thought they had a spark. But it kind of died off, like you said, right after that. And they kind of limped into the show. And look, I, I know what it is. It, it's, it's what it, it is what it is. But really, if you're going to make this big deal about the stipulations of the match and about him being gone, you don't bring him back the next night. Even though I liked it, you just don't do that. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, and and, and almost. I just I left that I left WrestleMania feeling like there 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 should have been more, like everything. It didn't seem like it set up anything for the future, and it didn't seem like it necessarily tied up anything that that was built up. I mean, just top to bottom in, in all of the cards. I mean, you had Zack Ryder winning the, the ladder match. You had Chris Jericho going over AJ Styles, which after Raw, I guess it made sense, but. uh Man, I don't know. I, I just, it, it's the spectacle, and it was worth the money, and it was worth 
going. But I don't know. I, I need more out of WrestleMania, I guess, is what I'm getting at. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, don't you guys agree, right? It's I mean, you need more. It's never enough. It's never enough. S- seven out of ten, guys. That's what I gave it, a seven out of ten. I think that's fair. That's not bad. Yeah. yeah. That's good ratings. <laughs> The, the the women's match was great. The Styles Jericho match was great. The uh, the interaction with with the, the, of course the guys coming back, the Rock, and then Austin and Michaels and Foley. All oh, that yeah. is what that we want to awesome. see. That's all great. Uh, the the main event, you know, I I I just I'm reading and, and hearing people just just completely crapping on it. I thought it was a good main event. I thought that's the kind of storyline you want to build into the match, but. Like you said, you you already have that steam coming in that he already they already know he's probably going to win and they're already hating it. It's unfortunate because really the way that they worked that match out, it made sense the way that it ended. So I don't think people look at it that way though. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, man, it's about time. Time goes time goes by very quickly on this show. It's jam packed. Tim, I want to say thank you for coming on, talking a little bit of WrestleMania with us. You can appreciate uh, it, guys. Catch Heat Wave Sports on 13:40 a.m. Saturday and Sunday night at 10 Pacific. And don't forget to join us right here Sunday, 10 o'clock Central, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back and better than ever right here on Sunday. Have a great weekend, everybody. We are done.